Welcome to the A-Dub Club, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, technology, pop culture, the internet, and a general nerdery. There are three things that are important to know. One, we occasionally use swear words, but try to stay in the range of PG-13, or at least the kind of R that cool parents are fine with. Two, we may talk spoilers. In this episode, we discuss the entirety of the first, and so far only, season of the television show WandaVision, so be warned. And finally, three, most importantly, apparently... Doctor Strange was supposed to show up in the season finale of WandaVision, but then they decided that wasn't a good idea, which was the correct decision, and ended up having to rewrite most of that episode as well as Doctor Strange 2. See, it's a good thing that it took like six weeks for me to edit this episode, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to know that fun fact. With that out of the way, welcome to the clubhouse. We have snacks. Club. I'm Andrew Apple. I'm Alex Wade. It's the story of a little podcast where they talk all about Disney Plus shows. And that's all I had. <laughs> it was good. All, it's a good bit. It's good. Ooh, or you're not the pod of me now. You're not the Ooh. pod of me now. You're not the pod of me now. And you're not so cast. Uh, that was, a, that was a lot better, frankly. <laughs> Even better. Ooh. The A-Dub Club. Uh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking Disney Plus two times in a row. Double dipping. Oh yeah, I didn't expect that, did you? No, no, we're, all, we're full of surprises. We're full of surprises in, in our Disney shellerdom. But how's life going outside of being a slave to Mickey Mouse, Alex Wade? Uh, it's going grand. I'm in a new apartment. I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but I mentioned it again. I'm looking to get go. a good rug coming up, Googling rugs and... It's a big room for the rug, so that's going to be exciting. Nice. Nice. We love a good rug here at the Up Club. Yeah. I'm looking at apartments as well. Put down an application last night. Fingers crossed that I beat out the other couple that was also in the apartment showing. But you know who also has been looking at a lot of uh, housing and real estate recently? Uh, Wanda Maximoff, the star of the television show, WandaVision, which is what we are here to discuss in our episode of the Up Club, where we ask, what did you think of WandaVision? Yeah. Which, quick question, actually, on terminology, the show WandaVision, what mm. does that refer to? Mm. In- interesting. Interesting. I mean, there is, I will say there's most a show of- in, in our reality called WandaVision, yeah. and then there's a show yeah. within inside the show also called yeah. WandaVision. Yeah. That, I, hmm. For the sake of this episode, I think most of the time when we say WandaVision, it probably means the Disney Plus show. Or we can say it means the Disney Plus show. And then, I don't know, show within a show or something like that for the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But interesting. These are the kinds of tangled up, twisty questions that that are gonna that we're going to have to unpack as we discuss this. Even calling it a television show. I was about to call it a television program, but it's it's a streaming show like like so many others in this yeah. in this. New brave. I know. I didn't watch on television. I watched it on a computer. I did watch it on my television, but 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 through the magic of the internet, through the magic of the plus, the Disney Plus. Yeah. What do you think about it? What do you think about the show? I really loved it. I think it did a great job on a whole lot of fronts. It took a lot of risks that I think paid off, 
And then also sometimes like shied away from the risks that I was like a little frustrated with, frankly. But I really loved it and I enjoyed it. And I've never seen, I think, Elizabeth Olsen actually acting versus like I've seen she's been like a side character in, you know, other other MCU movies, but I've, I've never really gotten a taste for it. Like she's great. She's fantastic. So is Paul Bettany. Their dynamic is fantastic. I wholeheartedly agree i think the show fucking rules i'm also now googling because i'm not i'm i'm also not positive i've seen elizabeth olsen in anything other than mcu movies which barely counts frankly in terms of acting if that makes sense (laughs) oh she was in the bad spike lee remake of old boy but yeah no i i i wholeheartedly agree i think the show i mean oh actually you'll if you listen to this podcast which most of you don't, but also most of you wouldn't be listening to this either because you don't listen to the podcast. You would have heard on the last episode that we talked a little bit about this and all of my same thoughts are are true from back then that like, holy shit, this show is really good. Uh, I like it a lot. The fact that it is a TV show specifically about Wanda and Vision um, is very well primed for me as someone who loved both of those characters, but loved them yeah in spite of themselves almost, or in spite of the way the movies treated them. It's like, I loved the hints and I loved the ideas of what I thought they could be beyond what the movies actually gave them outside of their, like you said, totally side character uh, moments. Um, And then now we finally got nine episodes of television to explore them to the fullest. Just the fact that we got nine episodes centered on Wanda and Vision would be great, let alone something that is, uh, such a fun it must have been such wow. a fucking blast for them to to act through and such a good challenge for paul bettany and elizabeth olsen to like get to see basically every side of them as performers which was really cool yeah it was fantastic so for anyone who has not watched wandavision uh the central premise is that it's is about uh wanda maximoff and the vision uh both characters in the mcu sort of b-tier heroes that have been around in the last couple of movies uh, after the events of avengers endgame all of a sudden uh a weird sitcom starts happening that is starring uh the two of them uh in in the 50s in the first episode and then later in the 60s it's very much sort of a pastiche of your dick van dyke shows your bewitched etc um and then the show progresses from there and interesting things start to happen this is definitely one where like you can't really like there's nothing really to spoil in the mandalorian other than like oh there's a couple cool cameos and stuff like that that popped up sure wandavision if we say anything other than talking about the first couple episodes uh is basically a spoiler so i I don't know is there anything else you could even say about wandavision before getting into the the meat of it not really uh yeah we just gotta go for it you know yeah it's good though if you listen to this podcast and have any sort of similar tastes that we have you will enjoy wandavision and therefore you should watch it um ooh, actually hold on one thing i think we can talk about a little bit how much mcu stuff have you seen and or how much mcu stuff do you think is necessary to be able to watch let alone enjoy wandavision Ooh, that's a very interesting question I I honestly like it primes you for a lot of it. It is it is pretty self-contained frankly. Um yeah. Outside it like you need to see uh Endgame and also the one before Endgame. Yeah. Um like you you need to see at least all the Avengers movies. And when I say the Avengers movies, I mean like the three top line ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um beyond that, I'm honestly not too sure. 
Because like those are also the ones that Wanda and Visionaire are in the most of. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I did um, uh, hit up Club Bingo. It's me. Of course I did this. I did rewatch some of the movies um, uh, this week in, in, in prep for this. And Infinity War probably is the one that is the most important to watch out of all of them in that it's sort of the biggest setup for what the the actual events that happen in the in the show and then yeah i guess age of ultron is the one where they both characters um start or that's their first introduction i'm torn on my own personal answer to how much mcu stuff that you need because it's definitely tied into it a lot and it definitely benefits from you at the very least caring a lot about the mcu at the same time I think it is reasonably well self-contained and enough of its own departure that, um, yeah, I think like, I don't think my mom would like WandaVision all that much, but I don't know whether that's just the, like, she doesn't care about the MCU stuff or because she needs to know more about it. Yeah. Uh, anything else non-spoiler before we start, uh, peeling back the layers of this onion? Yeah. I think we just get into it. Okay. It was Agatha all along. Um, what What do you want to start with? What do you want to start with? I, I want to start with one of my biggest, like, letdowns, frankly. <laughs> Ooh, okay, let's go. Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, episode three. So episodes one and two were very much, you know, they, they were so chaotic and, like, confusing. And like you had no, not necessarily confusing, but like they didn't tell you what was happening. You you were discovering what was happening along with like Wanda and Vision and how they were discovering things. And you're like, what the hell is this show about? Why are we watching just like a remake of a 50s TV show, sitcom? Um, mm-hmm. And then also into the next one, which I don't remember which one it was, but it was like a 70s themed sitcom something. The first one was very yeah. Dick Van Dyke show. Um, sure. And then the second one was moved up to the 60s and was mostly a bewitched pastiche, I think, with a little bit of like I yes. Dream of Genie. Exactly. And like I loved the confusion and the like I we were getting just breadcrumbs of what was happening. And it was also like this beautiful homage to uh, those eras and those film series. And I understand how that's not necessarily sustainable. Uh, throughout the entire season to just keep doing these homages and like breadcrumbs and stuff. But episode three, they just like in a snap, Oh, we're going to explain the entire conceit of the show. We're going to tell you the audience, every single thing about what is happening now, why it's happening, what order events like led to it. And uh, yeah, because we're Marvel and frankly, we think you guys are too stupid to enjoy something that is just going to give you out in breadcrumbs like we've been doing so far um, is my take on it. But uh, yeah, that very much frustrated me and pissed me off. I was like, no, I wanted to be teased and to be like led on to what's happening very slowly. Um, you can do bigger and bigger things and, you know, have more impactful moments that are shocking, but like, I just don't want it to be revealed to me all in one go. Well, tell us how you really feel, Alex Wade. I just did. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so again, I'm me. Um, I did rewatch the show also this week. Um, oh my god! Okay, which <laughs> duh, I'm me, and I have nothing else to do other than work and live in a quarantine. Um, I, I I agree with you, and I definitely I think I agreed with you more the first time I was watching through than I did the second time. In particular, because one because you already knew, and also because I think the um the the one thing that made me a little bit more okay i a hundred percent would have loved like two more episodes of slow breadcrumbs a la the first um couple episodes i totally like think we could have gotten away with a couple more of them but i think the fact that we've had the agatha reveal at the end or the fact that the um it looks like episode three and episode four were now we know what the rest of the show is. And then it turns out actually there are an other twists coming later made me feel a little bit more okay with it on rewatch because I, I knew that that sure. was sort of the pacing of it, but I totally take your point, especially uh, as someone who like, I, I think I briefly mentioned this in the little post credit sequence last time, but um, I think there was one group of one division fans that loved 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 the first two episodes and loved them being like a full-on this is mostly just a straight ahead sitcom or sitcom pastiche with some horror elements thrown in and then were more meh on now it's become a marvel movie um versus there are other people who are like mcu fans who are like when am i going to get my marvel movie you and i are both in the exact same camp of those first two episodes are great in my case i think i could have done like one or two more and then moved along given the it was a nine episode thing um yeah. and that we had the agatha reveal later though i have some qualms with some of that that we can get to but um i think i was a little less i mellowed on it a little bit more the second time through sure yeah i mean like i, I think they could have uh just spread that out like over two maybe three episodes and like they could have still revealed even heavier handedly like they they were giving us us morsels in the first two episodes. Like they they could have overdone it, you know. They are not overdone it. They could have like been super heavy handed with the next two or three episodes, and I would have been fine with that. That would have been great. But like just just the nature of like, okay guys, like we need to, we need to get back to the fact that we're a Marvel movie now. Like let's get back there, please. Um, yep, so. I totally agree. And also some of that I think is that I don't dislike all of the stuff that happens outside of the hex with those characters, but I don't like it nearly as much as the stuff that's happening in there. And I think there is a version of the show. um, Like I like Monica. I like Jimmy. I like Darcy. They're fun, but they does feel, it feels a little B team um, in, in, and I could see a version of the show that, you know, again, not that I would necessarily want to replace any of them because I think they're, they're good um, and definitely the actors are good um doing all of that but like i could see a version of the show where it's like i'm equally as invested in that group as i am in wand and vision on the inside and that was not the case for this it was like i like them but they're the b story um and then as that balance shifted towards more and more focusing on them um it, it definitely lost something for me um but not enough to make yeah. me dislike it yeah um let's see what else yeah so we start with uh we start with the 50s we start with dick van dyke we move to the 60s with bewitched a fun thing so i was watching there is on disney plus a they just released it i think like yesterday or or thursday or whatever um in the same way that they did a making of like an hour-long making of special for the mandalorian they did a making of special for wandavision which uh 
the downside of it is there was a lot of things on my rewatch that I thought I was being very clever and noticed that I did notice independently on my on my own, but then they also talked about it in the making of special. And I was like, ah, damn it. Now I can't take any oh. credit for any of this. Um, but uh, one of the cool things about it is uh, those first episodes they actually filmed them as a real multi-camera sitcom with a live studio audience using period appropriate lenses and lighting doing like actual effects the way that they would have done the special effects on bewitched and things like that uh that's so cool yeah because more on that of like uh it's very much um something i really loved about those first episodes is you could tell there is a very clear difference between well, not necessarily clear. Sometimes it was subtle, like, and then you noticed it of uh, differences of camera angles and differences of like, oh, this is clearly a camera angle that is not in the show within the show. This is clearly WandaVision, the out- yeah. the show that we are watching, not the Dick Van Dyke knockoff show, um, which I loved that concept. That in particular, Elizabeth Olsen actually talks about that in this making of special. And her thing is, for those moments in particular, and I think if I'm guessing you're talking about some of the moments where it gets a lot creepier or it gets a lot like weirder yeah. and, and stuff like that, and it totally breaks the format of um, exactly. uh, yeah. of the thing. Uh, but you know what format it is using? They went and looked at here's how they shot the Twilight Zone and used Twilight Zone camera angles and Twilight Zone lighting and camera twi- tricks in order to do all of the um, weird, surreal, supernatural stuff. Because, of course, Twilight Zone would be the period appropriate um, analog for things being really creepy and weird and unexplainable. Yeah, I'm really curious what the what is broadcast outside of the hex. Um, mm hmm in in those moments or is there anything or is it just cut off like she does occasionally yeah it's interesting and and the whole how any of that works is i think appropriately hand waved away uh but definitely something like oh how the that was something i was no yeah noticing was like okay there's these cuts but the stuff actually does happen in real time but then like there's things that you see happen on the screen that are someone gets thrown out of the hex at the same time and stuff like that and it's like this is something that i it doesn't totally make sense or work i think but it was fine it, it was okay. fine it worked. yeah <laughs> um it ain't that cool movie kid exactly exactly uh but yeah the the level of detail that they took in uh, and the fact that you can like feel and notice that when you're watching the show is 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 really cool and and uh, again it was this is me stealing from the um making of thing they aren't doing a parody of uh, the Dick Van Dyke show. They are doing the Dick Van Dyke oh. show with superheroes, um, which I think yeah. it, I, there's a version of this show where they were do, doing more of a like, oh, let's make fun of this or let's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like that wouldn't have worked as well. Also, fun fact, Dick Van Dyke was a consultant on the show. Huh. I honestly thought he was probably dead. Not yet. Not yet. He's still kicking. Ooh, interesting question. So, uh, do you have growing up any connection or relationship to any of the shows that are uh, the kinds of sitcoms that are are pastiched in WandaVision? Um, honestly, not really. Like, so Malcolm in the Middle is probably the closest one that I have anything to. Um, and like, I didn't, I watched it occasionally, but it was never one of my go to shows. How about you? Yeah. 
probably the eighties is the one that I, the like growing pains, um, family ties kind of eighties episode is probably the one that I have the least connection to, but definitely for me, like Malcolm in the middle, I watched a lot as a kid and I kind of forgot how much I watched it until I was watching the episode and realizing all of the moves that they're making that are like, Oh yeah, that's a Malcolm in the middle move. But Dick Van Dyke show was the one, the one that I did watch a lot of growing up. But that weird thing that is never going to be a thing that kids have anymore, which is a little bit of a bummer, where you didn't have the full DVD box set of a classic show. You had the like one DVD that had, you know, five to 10 collected episodes on it. Uh, And so I watched a ton of the Dick Van Dyke show, but a ton of the same, like probably five episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show over and over again. Um, as opposed to whatever the uh, 80 episodes that the rest of it must have had. Yeah. Same sort of thing actually with The Muppet Show, um, where I feel like I love The Muppet Show and feel like it's a huge show that I, I grew up watching, but we just had like four DVDs that had like three episodes yeah. a piece. Um, but yeah, so so that that it is weird. The the um, I I wonder if that's something that changes your relationship to the show having a similar reaction to want or having a similar relationship that Wanda has to these shows. Um, because spoiler, that's sort of the implication is that, uh, Wanda grew up watching all this American TV, um, as a, as a nineties kid. And I do want to point out one, one flaw about that. Of, yeah. Uh, modern family. Yeah. Yeah. How could she have watched he- modern family? What? Uh, the way it is explained, um, the broadcast goes dark. She is not broadcasting anymore. And then if you pay attention to the Agatha all along song, Agatha is revealed to be the director of the modern family, like, you know, a fake mockumentary. So I think the implication is that is the point where Wanda is no longer broadcasting and doing the TV thing. And Agatha is like stepping in and, and sort of shifting things around and taking more control over it. Oh my God, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This show's so good. Cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. If you notice also in the in the rewinding episode or the one where she's like going back in time, you can see her watching all of the different shows in each of the different like uh moments within the moments. So like she's watching Knock in the Middle at the Avengers compound and she's watching um uh whatever. But yeah, yeah, ah, this fucking show. So good. Yeah. That's what the show. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Monica Rambo. So first off, like what is the deal with her powers? I do not understand that. Yeah, I am not don't either. And it seems like from the in readings of the internet, um, she is definitely someone who becomes a superhero in comics, but it is unclear what, uh, either it's because maybe like it, that same person has had multiple different aliases or multiple different power sets and different continuities or blah, 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 or because the powers that we see her having aren't ones that would be whoever is the person. Let me actually just look it up. Um, I think Photon might be the name of whoever Monica Rambo is in, in comics. Sure. Um, basically, though, it seems like it has not been explained well enough. And uh, I guess yeah. the idea is it's a lead into Captain Marvel 2. But I agree with you. Sure. It's not something that's well explained. That said, also, it does seem like this this show and the finale of the show is one where uh, it just like just caught up to the COVID of it all. So I think they might have not been able to do as much in the finale as they wanted to. Oh, the part where uh, fake Pietro uh, discovers her. 
Yeah. That was one of, it was interesting, there, there were post-credits um, and mid-credit scenes. The, the old Mar- Marvel standby um, was in this show. Um, I do want to talk about Pietro and how I love, first off, I love Evan Peters. He's a great actor. And the concept of like he got yeah. recast was so much fucking better than Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I can say. as Yes. Evan Peters, he's a great, fantastic actor. And uh, something that I think was very interesting is he played Quicksilver on the X-Men first class, I believe, where he was also a super fast, speedy guy with gray hair. Technically in the Marvel Universe, I think, right? Yeah, so um, the the way that it works is that now this all got blown up because Disney bought Fox. But back when Fox owned X-Men and Disney owned Marvel, the characters of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are in the actual comics, they are the kids of Magneto and they're mutants and that's how they get their special powers. Um, But they're also members of the Avengers as well as being members of the X-Men. So they were the two characters that could technically be showing up in either conglomerates movies um and so the way that that was handled again before disney bought fox was that they didn't do scarlet witch at all in the x-men movies but they did do quicksilver with his original uh backstory as he's a mutant and he has his super speed and blah 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 yeah. um, and then in the marvel uh, canon there's no magneto obviously uh and so they had quicksilver as and scarlet witch as um non-mutants they got their powers from the mind stone i guess and sure. uh you know it, she doesn't have magic she uses mind stone science or whatever um and so then yeah it made it so fun that it's like it's the guy who played quicksilver in the other continuity coming in and yeah. being recast quicksilver um there was tons of speculation after that episode especially because it was an end of episode reveal that oh shit is this the way that they are introducing the x-men as part of the mcu now that they can do that. In fact, no, it was just a guy that lived down the street that Agatha yeah. did magic for, and it was more of like a fun Easter egg and a chance for Evan Peters to be a much better actor than Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I rewatched Age of Ultron last night. Who boy, he, I think he might be my least favorite actor, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I've never liked him in any movie Ooh. ever. But um, oh boy. Oh well, Evan Peters is fun, though. Yeah, that was, that was a cool little Easter egg that no, 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 was there. To that point around like rumors and speculation and Easter eggs and stuff like that, I think that there, this show is interesting in that one, it was supposed to come out like a year ago or whatever. Or actually, no, this is not true. It wasn't supposed to come out a year ago. It was supposed to come out, I think, you know, around this time. But it wasn't supposed to be the first Marvel thing back after Endgame. Um, Black Widow was supposed to have come out. I think maybe Eternals or some of the other movies might have come out. Um, but covid nope hasn't happened and this then was supposed to be the big lead in to doctor strange 2 which would have been coming out later this year and so i think that led to an interesting position for wandavision is like it's the first marvel thing we've had in a couple years it's the first thing coming back after endgame it's our first lead into what is this new future of the mcu going to look like and i think that put a lot of weight on it um more so than it could bear or that it should have had to bear in terms of like oh my God, does the, is this what's going to mean that the X-Men are going to come in? There was so much talk online about like, is the aerospace engineer that she mentions, uh, Monica mentions being her friend, going to be the way we introduce Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four? Is the oh is her husband Ralph actually the character of the devil who is a big part of Wanda's comics um, 
backstory where her kids are technically like got energy that she got from the devil and the devil sucks back to get rid of her kids and blah, blah, blah. And uh, uh, there was so much of that around um, going into the finale um, for this show. And I think part of it is that like, it's a show that you can do a lot of reading into because there are so many Easter eggs. There are so many room for weird interpretations for talking about multiverses and things like that. At the same time, what I liked a lot about the finale, well, you have some qualms. Maybe we can talk about that as well. What I liked about it is that at the end, no, what this was was a story about Wanda dealing with her grief and yeah. dealing with her relationship with Vision. Like that was what everything came down to. And it is not just a big, here's how we set up the Fantastic Four. Here's how we set up the X-Men, like a yeah. lot of internet fans were wanting it to be. Um, and I'm glad that they took that tack, even if it led to a lot of the internet being, I think, unfairly disappointed um in the that's so stupid because it's it's it needs to be a show that's encapsulated within itself right like it still has to be a good show it cannot be a vehicle for everything else you know i also very much like this direction that they're going in of like like it very much felt like uh the marvel flavor of things is changing and it has to change like you can, we can't be doing the same stuff over and over again till the day we die um people just aren't going to watch it and it's going to become bad and it's going to be one of those things that just exists and people are like okay another marvel movie is coming out i guess i'm very much glad that it went weird and like that's what needs to happen yeah i think i agree with that um i will say the one part that does have a little bit too much elements of the traditional Marvel thing of everything is just setting up whatever the next thing is coming down the line. Um, like we were talking about, I was like, oh, Monica, what's going to be her deal? It, it, that reads yeah. to me so much like a, this is setting up Captain Marvel 2, where she will really get to be okay. hopefully more of a character. Not that I thought, I thought she was actually pretty good in the middle of the um, yeah. show, but basically from the point where she got her powers and really her being very sidelined in the last episode, which again, maybe that's COVID related. Um, and maybe it's just to like, you know, you do what you got to do in a pandemic. But um, that was the one part that's like, oh, this feels too classic Marvel-y um, for yeah. my taste in comparison to the way they treat Wanda and Vision, which is much more of a satisfying ending. Yeah. Um related to some of the stuff that we were talking about, actually related to some of the stuff about like the internet and what people are saying. Um, there's a lot of chatter around the finale and particularly a couple of moments in the finale around the idea of how much is Wanda a hero or a villain at the end of things. And yeah. So I'm curious. I'm curious your take. Actually, also in related to like what we were talking about, the Mandalorian. How much do you see Wanda as a hero or a villain? And maybe meta question: How much do you think that matters to the show? Um, I think I think first off that the show treats her as a hero, uh, and like yeah, she did something wrong, but she's sorry for it. And like whether or not the townspeople uh, accept her apology that she didn't fucking give. Um, is, yeah, is a little bit. <laughs> um, and like she just goes on her way and goes and lives her life, having overcome her grief, or maybe not overcome necessarily, but like can now properly manage her grief. Um, and like that is a good thing. I still, I think she's a villain. Like, frankly, yeah. <laughs> she does bad things with wanton disregard of the people around her. 
like the inception of her character in uh, Avengers Ultron was as the bad guy. And then she joined the good team. And like, I, I think she's back on the bad side now. Yeah. Definitely more gray. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of of two minds. One, a thing that I like about it is the fact that we know she's going to be in, I think it's what Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, I think is the name of it. Um, but the new Dr. Strange movie that's coming out next year directed by Sam Raimi, um, who, uh, did not only the first Spider-Man movies, but also the evil dead movies, which also featured a book of evil spells or a book of the dead. Um, so that's fun. Um, but the thing that I appreciate about this is I could just as easily see a world where Wanda is in Dr. Strange two as, an ally to strange or as an antagonist or as a like thing that, that sets up some other future antagonist or let's loose or whatever. Um, which I think is kind of cool. And I think what I appreciate about Wanda and I've not read a lot of comics and I really, really haven't read a lot of X-Men comics. Um, and by a lot of, I mean, basically none, but my understanding is that she is kind of unique in being the one person who, in in marvel comics at least to like on is part of the avengers and part of the x-men a lot of the time and also extremely a villain basically the other half of the time um and can kind of straddle those two worlds with her 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 um comics history and i do like that like in the mcu similarly in rewatching especially some of the movies i see a lot of similarities between her and tony stark um in that they both cause so much chaos and destruction oftentimes because they think what they're doing is right but it is not necessarily especially like age of ultron and civil war are like peak tony stark fucking things up for things that he thinks are going to help um i do think that the characters are treated very differently of like stark is clearly the hero of the first like him and captain america are the main characters of the mcu so far and are treated as heroes and such in a way that wanda is more of like you can call her a hero you can call her a villain um which I think yes. I think is cool. I, I I agree. I agree completely with like the actions she has done in that she can be a hero or a villain. I think the tone that is set in the show, uh, in general, is very much hero. Like yes, that is. They're a good still point. struggling. They're still struggling to find this medium, this this tonal medium ground of grayness. Uh, for her as a character and also for, for any like pseudo villains, you know, I very much, I think that's probably going to be the biggest progression of, of Marvel is like, Oh, some of just the good guy main characters are going to be maybe not necessarily bad guys, but like in conflict with each other now, you know, Um, I I hope there are less stories about good versus evil and more just like personal intense. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, and thank you. That was the uh, was reminding me of a, a thing I was going to bring up, especially in context of the internet. Like a lot of the internet stuff is like, why are they treating Wanda like a hero? She's clearly the villain. And and yeah. I think taking that very uh, binary view of things, um, which to their credit, I think that's something that the like exactly you said, the MCU supports that mostly because I think Civil War is a shitty movie, and Civil War is the only one that does actually try to reckon with the fact that the Avengers are bad, but it does it in a ham-headed way. I hate that movie. A lot of people like it, but whatever. Um, anyway, uh, I had to watch it. To, I didn't have to. I chose to do this, but I watched it today, and I was like, oh, God, I, I, this is why I have not watched this movie in years. Anyway, um, I do think 
part of though in the context of this show and the thing that i appreciated it like we were talking about before around like oh it's not just setting up the next mcu blah 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 is in the context of it being a show primarily about wanda's grief and wanda's catharsis the townspeople very much exist to be the thing that prompts wanda to get over her grief they are not it's it's almost like thinking of it as a story i am more okay with the view of like yeah wanda's the protagonist and the good person of this story because the townspeople don't really matter thinking yeah. of it in the context of the broader of the being the broader mcu or trying to think about it in the context of what would this be like in real life it's like oh she's a monster um even if yeah. she's a monster with like doesn't know her own power and blah 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 and so that's yeah that's why i'm sort of of, of i'm i'm very okay and i actually I, the, my way of phrasing is I'm totally fine with the fact that the show, given the show it's trying to tell and the story it's trying to tell, basically lets her off the hook at the end, I think is completely fine for the show. I can yeah. understand why people get think of it, it gets a little messier if you think about it in the context of the MCU or in the context of quote unquote real life. Yeah. It's like you just did this horrible thing to people. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it'd be fun if she was an actual honest to goodness villain in Doctor Strange 2. So, frankly, uh, something so I want to talk about was was vision um, in the show. Okay. Yeah, let's and do it. also also after the show, frankly, I like the relationship she had with vision in the show and how it develops over time and how he still has his personality traits and like his his drive for good that is inherent in him. Um, he, I mean, he is just he is just vision without his memories, you know. Um, yeah, which is very cool, and also the fact that he like he's not, I don't know, bitter or vindictive about Wanda not telling him or not uh, sharing with him. Like even at the end in the finale, he's like, "This is our home, and we're gonna fight for it." I st- I still like really admire that, even if it's like this might be wrong for the p- people in general. Um, like it is still admirable for him to do that. One hundred percent. Yeah, I. Yeah, I love. I mean, I love Wanda as a character. I love Vision. The yeah. the there's there. Oh, it's it's so interesting and it's so good and it's it is this this inherent goodness in this weird android born from the genocidal robot that Tony Stark tried to build. Uh, yeah. It's 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 so. Yeah, he's such a unique character. Um, particularly, he's he is very unique in contrast to the other sort of pillars of the avengers um which i think is fun and i think it's it's fun to sort of get him let him get a chance to to shine in the show especially because paul bettany is so so good as being an actor yeah he was also in the original uh in iron man right he was part of the spawning original marvel movie yeah, Starks. he got cast just because uh, John Favreau had worked with him in another movie, and it was like, "Yo, you want to come in and do some VO for a couple of days?" And here we are, years later. Uh, I mean, this also is true of, uh, maybe even a little bit more true of Elizabeth Olsen. Um, a fun thing in this performance is how they are totally recognizably themselves. Like they are, you can tell that they are playing coherent characters all the way through. You can also tell that this is a thing they would never get to do in the Marvel movies. So that in and of itself is wildly impressive that they still feel like the same characters, even though they're in sitcoms versus being in notably dour and like 
quippy but not funny uh, Marvel movies, but the fact also that like they are their performances change from episode to episode to match with the shows that they're doing in in subtle ways that feel like workable pastiches but also feel real for the characters i think elizabeth olsen does it even more that like it does feel like she is doing there are noticeable differences in her being jane krakowski in the malcolm the middle episode versus julie bowen in the modern family episode etc but again yeah they all feel like it's scarlet witch and it's vision which is impressive yeah absolutely more on vision and this i guess is more questioning than anything else uh and i'm sure you probably read up on some of this on the internet of uh so white vision and Mm -hmm. like at the in the finale he's like i am vision and then pieces out and that's the last we see of him yeah and like i understand that uh for this for the series that emotional goodbye that needed to happen in the house but also there's this other vision that has all the memories isn't that isn't that vision? Yeah. Like, how is that functionally different and emotionally different and soul different? Like that, that isn't that vision. Isn't vision Ship alive Ephesius, again? Ship motherfucker, let's go. Seriously. Like that's the perfect, perfect allegory of Ship of Theseus, except it's also like, he's a robot as well. So yeah, it's yeah, much yeah. more directly correlated. Like yeah. The, yeah. the brain is, but it's so much more directly like this. I I would confidently say like that is vision, you know? Yeah. If I mean, memories. <laughs> totally. Totally. I think it's the, um, well, first little side tangent. Uh, it was so, so fucking cool. I just said the vision versus vision fight ends in a philosophical argument is uh, perfect. Yes, like I agree. that, that is the, um, uh, that's the natural end game. Or rather, if you're having a vision versus vision fight and it doesn't end in a philosophical argument, um, like out of a Star Trek episode or whatever, then you've clearly missed the mark. And so I'm so happy they did it and that they did it so well. But yeah, I think it the metaphysics of it is very interesting. And there is a what I hope is that they grapple with that in interesting ways. What I worry is that this kind of gives them the get out of jail free card to kind of do the marvely like okay well he died and he's not vision anymore but now he's vision again and it's fine um so i hope that they still wrestle with this in whatever form obviously vision is going to come back at some point but yeah yeah is he actually vision though i yeah i think he's probably the real vision or he's the real vision maybe this is how it kind of works for me is that he's the real vision but he doesn't have the experience of having gone through wandavision and so there is actually it's kind of like what agatha jokes of like your ex and your boyfriend showing up at the same party yeah they're the same but they're different and i i wonder if maybe that's part of it that like this is saying goodbye to the vision of wandavision who went through this weird like only a week-long experience but still um Yes, uh, I would also contest given the when they were looking at each other and mimicking each other that uh, the show wanted the the manifested vision versus white vision gave him his memories. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. 
I would. That's uh, that seems like that's what happened there. Maybe it did. It's the, trans- it did, it's the but, transporter like, problem of like if the transporter worked by cloning you with all of your memories versus worked by like transporting you with all of your memories, but it left the clone behind. Then which one's the re- ah? Yeah, so yeah. messy and weird. That's absolutely what this is. Which uh, for audience members, the transporter problem is there's a uh, people work on Mars, and the way how you get there is you take a teleportation to Mars, um, and the way how it works is uh, it takes a, a snapshot, basically, of your body on Earth, um, destroys it, and then uh, recreates that snapshot on Mars. And then at the end of the day, you come back to Earth, it takes a snapshot on Mars, brings you back to Earth. One day, um, they upgraded their machine. And uh, so he goes in, he presses the button to go get snapshot to Mars, and it doesn't work. And then they go in there and say, oh, uh, now what happens is you don't, we don't have to destroy the Earth version of you in order to send you over to Mars. It's like this version is good, but we're actually still working out some kinks. So uh, you have cancer now, by the way. So he has like a couple days to live. He goes home to his wife. He's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But the version of him on Mars is like, hey, it's okay, man. Like, I'm you. I can just come back and like, I have all your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations. Um, yeah, and it's terrifying because it's like it's not him, but it's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hard problems, hard problems in the worlds of uh, philosophy of mind. Of, uh, I mean, you know, ten times more about this than I do, but I'm also super interested of the persistence of identity versus uh, consciousness, right? Yeah, because it gets it gets really where it gets super messy is in the things of like. Yeah, it, it, defining what is the self and defining what is what it, like how do you have that can continuation even just from moment to moment of like are you the same person before and after yeah. you blink um, is and what is it that makes you the same person um, over that period of time and again this is where I wish that I um, had uh, I have my philosophy of mind textbook on on the shelf somewhere near me and I have not read it in whatever five years <laughs> six years um and forgot most of the actual real arguments about it but it's interesting it's interesting yeah i don't know okay yeah so the rap rapid fire let's get get the answer which vision if either vision is the real vision white vision real vision white vision yeah i think i agree um well there you go we solved it uh yeah vision vision's so cool paul benny's so good I'm just gonna keep saying that over and over again. That Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are really good. I'm 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 glad that he still exists in some capacity in the show. Um, yeah. Or in, in the Marvel universe. That's that's good to know. I know. That's that's my thing that I'm always torn on with anything Marvel and also I guess with other series of like uh I want there to be consequences and I want there to be like death means things, and at the same time like but but not when it's my favorite actors and favorite characters. Can you make them yeah. come back uh, over and over again, please? Um, and that's definitely how I feel, especially the, like after, after seeing this show, like Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are two of the best actors in the MCU out of the whole stable. Like this, this is a fucking tour de force. Yeah. And yeah. And I love the characters even again, I think I mentioned, I think I even said it in this episode, but like they just get nothing to do, but even with them getting nothing to do, I would have called them one of my, two of my favorite characters in the MCU. And now we get to watch a whole show of them now. Speaking of favorite characters in the MCU who we have not talked about, Agatha, mother, fucking Harkness, let's go. Yes. Oh, Catherine Hahn is so 
good. And I don't think I've ever seen her in anything other than she was the voice of Doc Ock in Spider-Verse. But like, this is the first time I've ever watched her in anything. And oh my God, oh my God. Doc Ock in Spider-Verse. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's, she's yeah, fantastic. It's all her faces and care. Like the one thing that I didn't, uh, like necessarily was her motivation was just more power and that's it like Mm. she was just like i'm a witch and i want to get more power because more is better like she doesn't have any goals besides trying to siphon off power from wanda yeah i agree with that and that actually does a thing that i am a am bummed about or it's a missed opportunity, I think, um, related to the whole conversation of is Wanda a, a villain or not, is this show is very close to, uh, particularly because Wanda fucks things up so bad, it's very close to being able to be a show where there are like three protagonists and or three understandable villains with Wanda she's doing a terrible thing, but it's because she can't control her powers and doesn't even, she does it by accident to start. Even once she realizes it, she also realizes she'll lose vision in her kids if she gives this up. And so that's her tension. And like, she's doing a bad thing, but you can understand it, especially if the whole show is about her coming to terms with her grief, you know, she's going to have to do it, but you understand that like, that's the whole narrative tension of the show. In the case of Agatha and Hayward, you could do versions of, agatha where it's that yeah she wants power but maybe she also wants like she kind of gets close with the whole like scarlet witch is super dangerous uh, you know blah 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 and i'm saying she doesn't in the show but you could do a version of this where agatha is both self-serving and also concerned about like this being is too powerful to exist same sort of thing for hayward like and I don't love how much they just turned Hayward into a straight villain at the end of like yeah. removing any redeeming care. Like that felt a little lazy and like, oh, come on. Um, Let me try to shoot children. Exactly. But like you could have easily had a version of Hayward um, unless your goal was just to have there be a clear villain who is worse than Wanda, um, at least aesthetically worse than Wanda, um, which maybe that was the goal. But like you could have had a version where Hayward is much more understandable and even if you disagree with his methods you're like but i get it like sure i guess this is what you would do if you're a military suit that has to deal with this weird shit going on in new jersey um they didn't do that instead both agatha and hayward are more just straight ahead villains agatha having the benefit of being played by Catherine Hahn and being so much fucking fun yeah <laughs> Which, interestingly enough, um, again, I haven't read any of these comics that talk about it, but apparently this is very different than Agatha in the comics, where Agatha in the comics is a good – or she is as much of a good witch as Wanda and is her mentor um, throughout like Wanda learning how to use her magic um, as opposed to in this they – I, I like that they did it because it's so much more fun to just be able to be the cackling evil witch. Um, but yeah, she she is made a vil- retcon to be a villain in this show. Yeah. Okay. A, a thing that I do like, want to call out about Catherine Hahn's performance is that it does feel different from MCU villains, especially because MCU, other than a couple, like the MCU has a couple good villains, but a lot of bad, boring, bland ones, and few that yeah. are this fun and theatrical and campy and um 
you know, funny and, and, and all that good stuff that like you generally don't get from an MCU villain other than Loki really is kind of the only one that, um, comes close yeah. to, I love, I, I like Thanos a lot. Um, but like, it's like Loki and Thanos are the only ones that sort of have this level of fun to them. Yeah. Yeah. What else um, on WandaVision? I think, I think that's about all I got. It has been an hour. It has been an hour. Um, Let's see a couple other things that I just want to note because I noticed them, even though they were then talked about in the making of a documentary. So I don't get to be as clever as, but still I saw them. Uh, the theme songs in every theme song, you see a little hex logo um, is, is in all of the graphics for each uh, theme song um, for mm. each episode. Um, the theme song also has the same four note motif that shows up in every uh at some version in every one of uh, the theme songs and also is reused in agatha all along um yeah. uh, and it's the one that happens basically whenever they say the words wandavision uses those same four notes um and it is the main like note bed for the bewitched version which features an interval this is one thing that i did notice and so i'm taking credit for this uh features an interval called the uh tritone which has been known throughout history as the devil's interval because it's very discordant and it was actually banned uh in a lot of uh medieval church music uh because it was thought to be satanic wow that's weird but else uh the hex looks like an old tv screen or it looks like it's broadcasting things through an old tv screen that was apparently intentional there's a fun Incredibles reference in the last episode where Wanda does her little like uh, they're sh- shooting the things at her and Wanda does a little force field bubble and then they go make a pose in the same way that happens in The Incredibles, which is fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I think The Incredibles is also one of the movies that's shown on the marquee of the movie theater um, in in one, maybe even that same episode. Though Those yeah. also change to be thematically relevant throughout the show. Um, and, and then I guess as for what's next, Wanda will be in Doctor Strange 2. Um, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts on Disney Plus next week, uh, is our next Marvel TV show. Yeah. Um, I think similar to this, it's another mini series that's only going to be like, I think that one's only like five or six episodes, even shorter than WandaVision. Yeah. Um, that's going to be more traditional Marvel stuff i believe i'd have to imagine especially because like well you, also they're not magic so you can't do any cool shit and yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah i am torn on that a big overriding thesis that i have for the mcu is that the fact that they fucked up bucky barnes so much while also making him so central to everything is like the biggest cardinal sin of especially the later mcu yeah. um That's and so funny. i I don't know how I'm going to feel about this television show, unless maybe Sebastian Stan ends up being good. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any other thoughts on WandaVision or what you would like to see next from the MCU or from Elizabeth yeah, I'm excited just to see Loki, just Tom Hiddleston, frankly. Oh, right. Yes. I forgot about that show. When is that coming out? I don't know. But it's like a he's in prison and I, I don't even know what the show is going to be about. Um, Honestly, uh, it says June 11th here. Shit, that's um, close. That'll be fun. Honestly, the amount of going into WandaVision, the advertisements for it were really confusing. And like, I had no idea what the fuck it was going to be about, which is fine and great. But like, uh, I feel very similar about Loki, frankly. Yeah. 
Because I'm assuming it's about the Loki that escapes with the Tesseract yeah. in in Endgame. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm assuming that you feel the same way as I do of there absolutely should not be a second season of WandaVision. Oh, God, no. That would make no sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Actually, um, wait a second. Now that I say that, like, I can see a second season, like, in a couple years. Hmm. Like, there could okay. be something that happens that, like, Agatha gets free and then subjects Wanda to something like this again. Oh, that's that's a good point. I do want Agatha to be a ticking time bomb that shows up again at some point. Yeah. Because um, she's so much fun. I'm also now, though, thinking... I'm assuming the answer is no, but did you ever read, it was like three, four years ago, there was a a, like one year limited series comics run of a Vision comic um, that was uh, Vision, after Vision and Scarlet Witch break up, they, Vision goes and recreates another, a synthesoid family for himself. And then they try to move into a Virginia suburb and live a normal life. Uh, I think it was a big inspiration for WandaVision. Yes, Um, I did read about that. I didn't read it, I read about, yeah. Uh, It goes extremely bad. Uh, A lot of murder happens in it. Um, uh, But that could be, I'm wondering, I mean, this would be too clean and tidy, but like, it could be interesting to be like, what if there's the vision? If this is a Wanda show starring featuring Vision, is there a Vision show featuring Wanda with White Vision, or maybe yeah. not featuring Wanda? Could be interesting. What if it's yeah? What if that's just oh god? What if that's just what it is? Just a lot of murder. Yeah. Okay, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Um, I do want Vision to go back to his normal colors though, because that looks much cooler. Um, anything else on the television program WandaVision? Me neither. Oh, other than uh, Kitty from that 70s show is in it, and she's very good. Um, if you have thoughts on the uh, on any other Disney Plus shows that we should talk about next week, um, then you can email us at the club at gmail.com. It's T-H-E-A-W-C-L-U-B at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter and tweet to us about um, your favorite sitcoms of the 1950s uh, and beyond. You can do that at the AW Club. It's at T H E A W C L U B. You can go to our topics guide, or no, excuse me, you can f- go to our website, uh, the AW.club. It's T H E A D U B dot C L U B, which is also where you can find our topics guide, where we uh, it has all the different stuff that we talk about, and you can click on them. You can see WandaVision, for instance, as a thing that you can click on, um, or sitcoms and horror um you can also find our starter guide there where we have episodes that we think are good ones for you to start with if this is your first time diving into the adub club pool and want to know more about the kinds of good stuff that we talk about um and you can of course find the podcast wherever fine podcasts are found such as itunes uh google podcasts or spotify and with that i believe that is the end of this episode um unless we do a post-credit singer I don't think so. Made up club out. Made up club out.
I'd want to say something like that. Good acting. I don't know what I want to say. Pastiches. Julie Bowen. I hope that's their actual names. I didn't look it up, but I think that's right. <sighs> I don't have anything off of that, but I do have more stuff on Vision. <laughs> <laughs>